Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The 11 to 1 Show. Should our social media be set to private? Well, after watching Cyberstalker, a documentary on Netflix, perhaps it should be. More details after Lionel Richie on 11 to 1. Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling this Tuesday morning. Sinead Brazel here, 086 658 if you'd like to get in touch. Now, can I tell you a secret? This is how it starts. This is how it starts. It is a new series followed um, or dropping on, on Netflix. It is actually dropped on Netflix and it is, I think, putting the fear of God into social media users everywhere, particularly women. Have you spotted this? It's one of these kind of true crime type um, angles, I suppose, or genres in terms of the, the, the documentary. But um, it starts off with this. Can I tell you a secret? So it focuses in, I don't want to kind of like spoil too much about it, but I think the subject matter and what they're kind of, you know, um, exploring is really important. So it follows the account of three young women, uh, a woman named Zoe Hallam, Abby Furness and also Laya Hambly. And they were victims of cyber stalking online. So they would have had quite a presence online in terms of their social media accounts. They would have, you know, maybe uh, monetized their social media. They would have, you know, been, been influencers, I suppose. And um they were targeted by a very sinister man called Matthew Hardy. Now, he was an unemployed man living in uh, Cheshire in the UK. And in his younger years, he was described kind of as being isolated, quiet and just a bit different. But today he is known as the UK's most prolific stalker. So he began this oh, absolutely horrific um, abuse, really, uh, in 2019 and um Despite multiple pleas from uh, for the for help uh, from the women involved, uh, for him to be put to justice, so it just kind of you know really spiraled out of control. But the thing would start off; he would start off with saying, "Can I tell you a secret?" So this would pop up on the screen of his victims. He would then create fake social media profiles of his victims, pretending to be them. So sending all sorts of hateful and false and really horribly sexually explicit messages to their followers and also to their loved ones as well. So apparently uh, he caused just, you know, irreparable damage, but not just these women, to 60 women's relationship with family members, employers and their partners. So he was really targeting so many different women. Here's a little snippet from the trailer of this, just to give you a bit of an idea. It's called Can I Tell You a Secret? Hiya. Can I tell you a secret? There's something I need to tell you. Can I trust you? 
Let me start from the beginning. Your name was mentioned. They, they come for you. And then they come for your family. Beware. Are they going to get you? Are you still worried? A nightmare figure infiltrated their lives. This was the biggest stalking case I'd ever seen. Wake up, really get going. Hundreds of victims. Women, girls, family members. Too many to comprehend. I'm gonna come and get you. They take over your identity. Like a shapeshifter. The stalker seems to know everything. What's up? And guess what? Not saying who I am, but you've an idea. So that just gives you a little insight into the really kind of horrible backstory to this. Now, apparently many victims came forward to, you know, local police about the, the cyber stalking, but just two had some action taken on their behalf. But um, so, he, you know, he was sentenced here and there. He got things like, you know, community service and, you know, payment, like small amounts of money for damages, this kind of thing. But apparently he just continued this absolute rampage against uh, the victims. So uh, it got the, the documentary explores all of this and then kind of, I suppose, how justice prevailed. But it just brings up the question, how, you know, private how vigilant are we with our settings when it comes to you know privacy online many of us would have public accounts like I mean I would have a public account I suppose you know in terms of like who I am on the radio all that kind of stuff so you know it does beg the question how vigilant should we be with regards to this how how often do we go in and check the settings you know what are we posting there as well and I mean he was he was very specific in the kind of people that he was targeting he seemed to you know target people that were making money you know people who had like hundreds of thousands of followers online as well but if you haven't seen it it's on Netflix it's called Can I Tell You a Secret well worth a look Adele. Now, Lego fans, there's a big treat for you. All the details of that coming your way. And I've got music from Tate McRae for you. The 11 to 1 show. Drogheda and District Chamber, just to remind you, they are holding a coffee and chat event in Anglo Printers. It's happening tomorrow morning at 8am and local business owners and managers are invited along to chat with each other and the Chamber team over a light breakfast. So for more information for your free ticket, you need to just book it in advance. If you contact Brenda, she's brenda at drogheda.chamber.ie or you can check out drogheda.chamber.ie for more information. So it's tomorrow in Anglo Printers in Drogheda from 8am. Now getting back to the music here's Tate McRae. Getting a message is in on 086-1800-658 just about Can I Tell You a Secret? People asking where where did I say it was on? It's on Netflix yes and somebody else saying very scary how that man absolutely terrorised so many women. So sinister would definitely make you think twice about social media yeah I mean I after watching this you're going to go straight to your settings and yeah just kind of be checking how private things are and how secure things are. Um, might be actually worth investigating that further because, you know, there's ways around some of these settings and everything. Yeah, so I might have to have a little investigation in more into that. But if you're, 
if you're on social media, if you're very active on it, if you're using it, you know, every day and you're just not sure about your settings and all of that, definitely take it, take a look at them because and there look, there's loads of information online on the likes of, um, you know, webwise.ie. That's a great resource for different information about being safe online. But if you want to get a little bit freaked out about it, that is the the, 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 net, the documentary, Can I Tell You a Secret? It's well worth a look. Now, Lego enthusiasts, you are in for a treat because imagine having this now as a job. Certified professional Ryan the Brickman McNaught is set to arrive in Dublin. So he's essentially a professional Lego builder. I mean, this is quite cool. So he's going to arrive in Dublin for a one of a kind masterclass and also a book signing event as part of the launch of Brictionary, the interactive exhibition. It's opening in Dublin on Mother's Day coming up on Sunday, March the 10th. So Ryan Brickman, he is recognised around the world for his incredible brick building skills and he's also one of the head judges on Channel 4's hit show Lego Masters Australia. So he's going to be sharing his expertise and insights with Irish Lego superfans. So he's doing that on the 11th and on the 12th of March. So it's going to be very much an intimate kind of professional building masterclass. And uh, he is one of just 21 Lego certified professionals globally. I mean, imagine making that your job. That's like very, very cool. So Brictionary, it's uh, making its European debut in Dublin on March the 10th. So Lego Lego lovers, you're going to be able to avail of a unique opportunity to explore the world of brick building. So he will be there and uh, he's also going to be signing his book as well. So that's uh, very, very interesting. So all of the details, you can check it out. Actually, we have a a full article of all the information on lmfm.ie and also the link there for you to, to click to book but there's lots of Lego fans young and old out there that no doubt would get great great enjoyment out of that so it's happening the 11th and the 12th of March all the details are on lmfm.ie There's Thin Lizzy dancing in the moonlight on LMFM's 11 to 1 Now a committee in me is on a mission to make Trim an autism friendly town I'm going to be finding out more about the work involved in this next The 11 to 1 show a committee in me is on a mission to support and encourage people to understand autism and to create a more inclusive community. And so this Friday, the Trim Autism Friendly Town Committee will hold their launch event. It's happening at the Swift Cultural Centre in Trim and they're hoping to outline their plans to have Trim officially recognised as an autism friendly town. Now, the committee have been working very closely with the charity As I Am and also several local businesses as well. And they've also reached out to local schools as well to increase this idea around inclusivity. Joining me now to tell us more is Ashling Dempsey. She's one of the members of the Trim Autism Friendly Town Committee. You're very welcome, Ashling. Good morning. Morning, Sinead. Thanks for having me on today. Great to have you on the show. Now, this is a really important initiative for Trim. Tell us, where did the idea to work towards uh, the town becoming an autism friendly town come from? Okay, so Melissa Barwell and Maria Co-op, who are on the committee with me, um, and our sisters-in-law, uh, got together and decided they wanted to put on a Children of the Stars uh, charity ball last year, which would raise funds for As I Am, the national autism charity, and create awareness in Trim around autism and build on the uh, I suppose build on the awareness that is already in yeah. Trim. So they contacted me um, as their local councillor to see how I could help them, and I jumped at the opportunity to get involved 
Um, we attended that ball and we just had such a great response from people. They raised almost €30,000 for the charity. Wow, that's um, huge. Yeah, yeah, they're great women. They're really phenomenal women. And from that, we just realised that there was a great appetite in Trim to be more inclusive, to be autistic friendly and to just that would the community would help us drive on with this project. So we formed the committee after that. Um, and we've been working together um, with As I Am since then to start our process to accreditation as an autism friendly town. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about the girls, because Melissa, I believe she has a child with autism. Isn't that right? Yes. Yeah, so Melissa has three children. She has twins, um, Jude and Layla, and she has Lenny, who is autistic and he's seven years of age. So Melissa has, I suppose, uh, fought the last seven years mm-hmm. for every service and everything that she has needed for Lenny. And the, I suppose that's where it originally came from, that yeah. she was always fighting, always thinking what she could do to make his little life better. And she's just that type of person. She doesn't want to keep it just for her and her family. She knows she can go out into the community and do it for more than Lenny, for children, for adults with autism and um, yeah that's how we we got going so Maria is his auntie Mm -hmm. and um, a bit like me Maria has no um, or had no uh, um, experience I suppose in the area of autism but she is learning the same way I'm learning she's learning through Lenny and I'm learning through them and uh, yeah we're we're, I suppose we all have different skill sets and all have different things that we bring to the committee but Melissa is the experience um, of living with autism. Yeah, absolutely. So so tell us more about the work that the committee is implementing so far, because as you say, like you're still a relatively new committee. Uh, but what, what work has been done to date so far? Yeah, so we have got together with As I Am. They take this accreditation process really seriously. And you'll see that in um, towns such as Clonakilty. They had uh, Scally's uh, super value there in Clonakilty really drive that project on down there. And it's done wonders for, for places like Clonakilty. Um, it's a great accreditation to have. And we have uh, done training with them. We've mm-hmm. attended conferences with them to build our own knowledge. Um, and we have agreed a three-year plan um, with them, different things that we're going to do over the next three years to, you know, keep us on that process and, and be the best that we can be in train. So that three-year program, um, a lot of it is based around training. Yeah. And we want to get into as many businesses, um, as many local people, as many schools, uh, anywhere we can get into and just teach people as much as we can. It's not just about awareness. And, and Melissa put it really well in one of my first meetings with her. You know, people are aware. They, yeah. Everybody knows the word autism. Everybody knows somebody um, who is autistic. But it's not just awareness. It's acceptance. Mm. It's inclusivity in our community. And a really important part of it as well is empowerment. Empowerment of autistic people. A lot of people just think about children when they think of autism. Mm. But children grow up to be adults. And... Where are the hangouts for adults with autism? We have a group in Trim now, Trimfinity Arts Club, that Melissa has set up. And that's for children in Lenny's age group. And it's 
going from strength to strength. I'd say she probably still has a weightless. I know she was trying to accommodate everyone. But where's the adult hangouts? Where are, you know, the job opportunities yeah. for people with autism? When and they actually, grow I'm, up? Really, I'm really glad you brought that into it because one of the big parts of this work is educating employers around the benefits of employing somebody with autism. Like steps, you know, are being made here and there to make the workplace more, more inclusive. But I would imagine a lot more needs to be done. And this is where Trim could play a big role. Absolutely. And again, it just comes back to training and business owners understanding um, the, the benefits of And not being fearful of it, Ashling. Not being exactly. fearful, really, exactly. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you, I, I was very fearful, even though um, Melissa and Maria are, are lovely people. I was very fearful around the language I used. Of course, yes. And I, I could probably have said something in our conversation that, that someone thinks is not the right language. It's changing all the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't even use autism anymore. They use neurodivergent. Exactly, yeah. But you work with someone like Melissa and, and Maria as well. And they they're, they just want you to know and they just want you to have an open heart and an open mind to it. So, for example, I said to Melissa one day, um, you know, I mentioned a person and I said, he has autism. And she said, no, he is autistic. OK. Just the same way that, you know, I am a woman, I am, you know, I have brown eyes. It, it, it's, it's part of you. It's not you know, a disability, it's not an illness, it's it's a, it's a superpower. It's a superpower. Yes, a lot of the time. And I, I, I completely <laughs> agree. It, and I would say a lot of people listening would agree as well. There is, we are fearful around the language, how to use, you know, the mm. correct terminology. I totally understand all of that. And that is yeah. part of the education, as you mentioned, that, that Trim will be carrying out. As well as this, you are hoping to collaborate with local businesses, schools, community organisations yeah. as well throughout all of this. Yeah, so we have, we've been approached by Prosper, who are going to attend on Friday. They're really excited to come and meet with us. They've already put a sensory garden um, into Trim and we're going to work with them, let's say, to maybe make additions. I don't want to say mm-hmm. improvements. It's a fantastic facility. But, you know, things like that. We have businesses in Trim, like the Play Centre. They do already do a sensory hour. Brilliant. Super Value, um, who are a great supporter of ours and a sponsor for our launch on Friday. They do quiet hours. They show on their website the different sounds you'll hear when you come to Super Value. They have a map. Um, a, a lot of the supermarkets do that. There's already loads in the town and all we want to do is highlight what businesses are already doing mm-hmm. or show them that really minor or major changes they can make. It, do, it won't cost a fortune. It doesn't have to cost them anything. Um, but just that they will make three little small changes or big changes. Uh, same for sporting organisations, same for schools. Uh, make three small changes, become one of our champions they will display that where they can in their business and an autistic person entering that business or school or sporting organisation, whatever it may be, can hopefully just be that little bit more comfortable going in, knowing that there is just a bit more understanding um, across that door for them or across that threshold for them. That's fantastic. And like you say, it's the little small changes that are going to mean a lot. It's going to ripple out. It's going to create more change. It really is. So on Friday, you are inviting the public to find out more about this. So tell us what's happening at the launch on Friday. Yeah, so um, we start the launch at 10 o'clock and we will have some lovely cakes sponsored by Super Value and tea and coffee by JM Foods. 
um, and we're in the lovely new Swiss Cultural Centre. Which I have and to make we, it visit to. I've heard so much about that centre, actually. I really need to, to go down and check it out. It's a, a fantastic uh, facility to have there in the middle of the town. It is. I'm actually a minute Friday for the coffee morning and a minute Saturday night uh, at Malign TA Club are holding um, an event in it as well. So I'm spending a lot of time there. It really is a fantastic asset. But yeah, we're there um, Friday morning, 10 o'clock. We're, just, we're inviting absolutely everyone to come along. We've had a great response. Um, it is, you know, we really want autistic people there. We want them, their families, their carers, their educators and businesses and locals from the town to come along. They'll hear from Melissa about how and why and when we set up. Mm-hmm. They'll hear from Adam Harris, the CEO of As I Am and his journey and what um, his organisation's aims and, and wants are. And we'll just have a really nice meet up, a meet and greet at the committee. We'll be asking people who might be able to give us a little help with if they have a certain skill set, maybe in a website or in social media or events, fundraising. We'll be asking them to, to fill out their name and contact details. If they want to make a bigger commitment and join one of our subcommittees, we'd love that. We'll be asking businesses to uh, become champions either on the day or take it away and think about it and come back to us. We can help them and decide what their small changes will be to become a champion. And really, it's just start that process, meet the community, tell them what we're all about and have a chat. Fantastic. And and what do you hope then for the future? I mean, you're you're mentioning the, th- the three year plan. There's lots of, of, of plans and process there. But what's your hopes for the future for this programme and for more inclusion within the town? Yeah, so I suppose if you look at what the very end result we're looking for is that somebody with autism is comfortable coming into any business in the town and knows that they're accepted, knows that there has been changes made in there to make them feel welcome, to make them feel included and make them feel as equal as everyone else in the town. That's the ultimate goal and everything we do is leading up to that. So we will be Starting small, I suppose, getting our businesses to to sign up, training them and making changes along the way. Like we want our sports clubs um, to provide sports sessions Mm. um, that will be all inclusive. We want, you know, swimming hours, football, whatever the case may be. We want uh, autistic people employed in our businesses. Mm. Uh, We don't want that to be, you know, unusual. We want that to be the norm. Uh, we want them to f- just to feel welcome and included. Yeah, I think what you're doing so far is fantastic. I've no doubt it's going to make a real, real impact there in Trim. I thank you so much, Ashling, for taking the time out to, to talk to us and do keep us up to date on how the, the programme is going and I'm wishing you every success with it. Thanks a million, Sinead. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you too. Ashling Dempsey there. Trim Autism Friendly Town Initiative. So that launch happening on Friday in the Swift Cultural Centre in Trim at 10am. If you're a business owner, if you're somebody that's involved in the community, whether that be on a sporting level or whatever it might be, do go along and find out more information about it. Getting a message from Jerry in Dundalk. Thank you so much, Jerry. 
He says, my nephew has autism and before I met my wife, I never really understood what it actually was until I met her. I had to take the time to understand somebody with autism and because I took the time to understand myself and my nephew now have an unbreakable bond and no matter what I try to do to make him feel more comfortable and having a peaceful surroundings uh, for him, I will do that. Thank you so much uh, for that lovely message, Jerry. And this is the thing, you know, hopefully, like Trim's example, other towns will follow suit and this will become, as Ashling said, just completely normal. So that event this Friday in a Swift Cultural Centre in Trim at 10am. Going to take a quick break, but we're back with music from Niles Barkley. The 11 to 1 show. It was the day that completely polarised the entire internet over a picture and it was 2015 and it was a photograph of a dress that's going to be popping up in the North East Update right after Niles Barkley. It drove the internet crazy. Was it black and blue? Was it gold and white? The dress becomes a viral sensation on this day. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 7 Yeah, according to science, though, it is definitely black and blue. I never saw the gold and white aspect of this, but it did in on this day, 2015, a photograph of a dress became a viral sensation as people on the social media uh, apps disagreed over the colours of it. Even celebrities got involved in this with Kim Kardashian West taking to Twitter to ask why she and her husband see the dress differently. And today is Pokemon Day. It's marking the anniversary of the Japanese release of Pokemon Red and Green. And the Pokemon Company normally launches a bunch of treats lined up for fans every year. So Pokemon Day today. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk, and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. An empty street, an empty house, a hole inside my heart. I'm all alone. Rooms are getting smaller I wonder how, I wonder why I wonder where they are The days we had, the songs we sang together Oh yeah And all my love I'm holding on forever Reaching for a love that seems so far Oh, my love, I'm holding on. 
There's Westlife, my love. Still to come, singer-songwriter SJ McCardle is working on a new song cycle and he needs our help. All will be revealed about that after 12. The 11 to 1 show. Could a major celebrity be headed for the BBC series Traitors? More details on that after Train. Train with drive-by one is dedicate that one to Sean, the painter from Cavan. He just wants me to say hello. Hello, Sean. Hope you are having a fantastic day there in Cavan and hope the rain has cleared. Now, could this major celebrity be signing up for a special version of The Traitors. I hope so. She's known for her role as Monica Geller in Friends, but Courtney Cox is quite good friends with show host Claudia Winkleman. And she has, you know, mentioned that she would really like to be on the show. So Courtney is a big fan of the show. And uh, Claudia Winkleman has shared her dream list of celebs she'd love to see. So... Her bosses are hoping that uh, more of her famous pals will join. So she is uh, putting in there, uh, of course, Courtney Cox. Also, um, she's putting in uh, her sister, uh, Sophie, in there, who's married to the King's cousin, Lord Frederick Windsor. And also Courtney Cox's partner, Snow Patrol legend, Johnny McDade. These are the people that she's kind of hoping you know, we'll we'll join in the show. But this series has just been I mean, if you've been watching this, The Traitors, it's just it's fantastic. When you when it comes to reality TV series Things like this that sort of, you know, break it out there. I mean, it's reality TV series. It's game kind of show as well. It's kind of blurring the lines there with that one. But it's really, really brilliant. But Courtney Cox is a big fan of the show. And uh, last month, uh, she posted a video encouraging people to sign up. This was, uh, you know, during the, the second series of the show. And she really, really wanted to be part of it. And then Claudia Winkleman was saying, no, 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 there's no celebs allowed. But now we do know that they are going to have a special version. Now, when that's going to hit our screens I do not know but I am all for the likes of A-list celebrities like Courtney Cox being part of this I'd say she'd be brilliant I'd say she'd be quite ruthless as well you know don't be fooled by the sort of a kind exterior. I'd say she could be a bit ruthless with regards to that. But we'll have to watch this space now. Speaking of celebrity news, I've lots more of it now in The Buzz. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Max. Tyla was interviewed by a radio station and asked to sing Beyonce's Cuff It. Here's how it went. Hey guys, look at you. Cause I feel like falling in love. Woo, that's what I was waiting for. I'm in the mood to have something else. According to reports, the BBC are asking celebrities to take part in a star-studded edition of The Traitors later this year. And Courtney Cox is looking to sign up. Elizabeth Debicki did not expect to win a SAG award for playing Princess Diana in The Crown. She beat out Sarah Snook and Jennifer Aniston, among others, for lead actress in a drama series. What ran through my mind was that I didn't think I, I didn't do the kind of check what you should do if you think you have to get up. So I did, you know, so my shoes weren't really on my feet. So then I had to kick them off. Um, I really didn't expect to get up. And I think sometimes people say that, and, but I truly didn't because, and that's because the caliber of the performances in my category are so incredible to me that I just really felt like it was anyone's, 
anyone's and kind of should be everybody's trophy. That's The Buzz. I'm Max. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. There you go. It's in The Buzz. It means it's official. The Traitors, a special version, definitely happening. Getting back to the music now, here's John Waite. John Wait, missing you. Oh, I'm very excited because we have the fantastic SJ McCardle, singer-songwriter from Drogheda in studio. He is very much working on a new collection of songs, but he needs our help. We're going to be finding out more about this next. The 11 to 1 show. Well-known loud singer-songwriter SJ McCardle has embarked on a brand new project, but he needs our help. The talented musician who wrote some incredible songs for the Port Project, which was a song cycle born out of a long process of research and writing around the history and stories of Drogheda's ancient port, he is now researching the impact of World War I on Drogheda and its people. So he's going to be writing a new song cycle on this subject. But he's searching for people who might have relatives or people with stories or anyone with a personal personal connection to that turbulent time and I'm delighted to have him sitting in front of me with his guitar in hand which is very exciting. SJ you're very very welcome back to 11 to 1. How are you getting on? I'm great today. Thanks very much for having me on. Great to have you. So just remind people who may have missed the incredible Port Project. This was a real labour of love for you. Talk to me about how that worked and what prompted that project in the first place. Okay, so I've always kind of had, uh, like I'm a folk musician really and I always kind of have been, even since I was a teenager, I was always interested in folk songs and songs of your own area. Uh, And I always wanted to do something on Drogheda Port because I love ports and I love ships and I love that, you know, that that whole thing. So... uh, uh, I was appointed artist in association at Drogheda Arts Centre a few years ago for the year and that gave me and Colette Farrell who's the director down there said to me you know do, do you know what you might like to work on and I said yes I know exactly what I want to work on so I wrote uh, a song cycle yeah which which tours still touring actually some more shows um, coming up um, in March and April round the round the northeast will be in Navan and Dundalk and oh fantastic uh, up in well up in Virginia and then the Seamus Ennis but yeah but uh, yeah that and, and an album came out of that too called Oh My Called uh, he's old ghost in the water, uh, yeah. So yeah, so that was that one, yeah. So was this the first time that you had embarked on a project like this? This idea of a cycle of songs, a collection of songs. Yes, it's just an incredibly quixotic thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's not the most light on its feet thing to take on, you know. Um, but yeah, but you see, I discovered I, I was in I was in a band called Kern uh, for a number of years and. I kind of discovered my voice as a writer a bit more mm. at that time because I think what I'm kind of good at writing is is story songs and, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, because, you know, it harks back a bit, doesn't it, to this rich heritage that we have around storytelling through songs. Yeah. And this is where the likes of, you're like the modern day Shanachie or <laughs> <laughs> well, of old. You know, I kind of, um, like what I do, I suppose it's very exciting to find stories that kind of are like part of your birthright and that they're they're from your own area, mm. which is a big thing in folk music, obviously. But also stories that maybe aren't being told very much. That's always, that's kind of exciting too, you know. Uh, like um, at the end of the day, you sit down to write a song and you take whatever comes along, you take whatever and inspires you. You don't have that much control over what's going to make a good song and what's not. Um, 
But definitely when you find a story that you don't think is being told very much, that, that's very exciting. So this is where this new cycle comes into to play. So talk to me about what prompted this, where this sort of light bulb moment came for you yeah. when you kind of went, I need to, to tackle this next. So it was actually very specific. right? Okay, so, yeah. I was, so I was interested in World War One anyway. I did it for my degree. Um, I, have a degree I have a master's in um, Anglo-Irish literature. Of course and, you do. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> now, well, reading books is all I was ever any good at, actually. But um, yeah, so... so um, the, the yeah, so we had done the Great War and its effect on uh, culture, you know, because it, it's kind of the birth of the modern era, really, World War One. You know, it's the first time uh, chemicals and machinery and technology were used to kill people effectively in huge numbers and all that kind of stuff. But um, but anyway, so I was interested in it anyway, but uh, I was listening to it was it was coming up to it, I think it was 2015. And I was coming up to our the beginning of our decade of uh, mm. commemorations and yeah. stuff. You know, we've got all this, these incredible uh, things happening now for the last 10 years around this incredibly, as you said, turbulent time in our history. Uh, but I was listening to, there's a Steve Earle song called Johnny Come Lately, which is about uh, this kid is talking about how his granddad told him stories about how he'd been in World War II and he got a medal and he flew a plane and he was based in London and he met lots of girls and all this kind of stuff. And this, the kid is narrating the song is in Vietnam. Okay. And uh, in the song, people probably know the song, he did it with the Pogues. Um, uh, he says, when Johnny come lately, comes marching home with a chest full of medals and a GI loan, they'll be waiting at the station down in San Antonio when Johnny comes marching home. But of course, he comes home from Vietnam and there's nobody waiting at the station. Okay. Right. There's nobody there. There's no parade. No. There's no celebration and no real compassion for this extraordinary trauma that this guy has gone through. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks, like, like 200,000 Irish kids uh, and 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 young men uh, went to fight in World War Two, and th there was you know th there and and th the response they got when they come home was obviously incredibly mixed because while mm -hmm. they had been away, the rising had happened, mm -hmm. and our sense of ourselves as a nation had shifted, you know. Uh, and uh, so I thought, what an incredibly dramatic moment, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that's really interesting, and then I wondered about if there's two hundred thousand men who joined up north and south then what about their families what about their, their their wives and children and parents and siblings and friends and I thought gosh there's a whole thing there and then I thought to myself I don't really think we have many songs in our canon about this really you know yeah. maybe it wasn't time yeah, you know. and you see, this is, it's so difficult because particularly when it comes to men, you know, things, the horrors of war, the effects mm -hmm. when they came home and tried to assimilate back into family life, yeah. they were never explored or talked about. That was buried down very, very much yeah. in, in, in men. So this yeah. is kind of maybe why, you know, some of this wasn't explored. So this is, so talk to me about what stage you're at, because there was a lot of research, I'd imagine, being, being done into this. Yeah, in ways I've been researching it for years without realising it, but yeah. I have been researching. I mean, I have a pile of books, incredible books. Um, I've been up at the Old Rada Society a yeah. couple of times. They haven't uh, asked me to stop calling yet, which is oh, great. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've been brilliant. They've given me lots of Laura there. Gave loads of stuff out of the library. I uh, went and dug stuff up from you, which takes a lot of time. And I really appreciated it. Uh, books, articles, uh, Donald C. Hall's two two volumes uh, about Louth people in, in, in World War One, uh, the Returned Army and the Unreturned Army. Okay. Uh, Stacks of magazine articles, uh, war records, incredible stuff. And then, but people have also been coming to me with personal stories about their grandfather or their great grandfather or their granduncle or, you know, uh, um, and those in some ways are even, that's what fleshes them out as stories, mm -hmm. you know, and makes them relatable. Because at the end of the day, you want to write a song, 
you want someone to be able to kind of relate to the song. Otherwise, you're not telling people a history lesson. Yeah. You know, that's not what I do at all. Some people do write songs like that. But it's a tremendous responsibility, isn't it? Because you have to try and capture the essence of a story that somebody's telling you. Also, you're obviously, you know, gone down an absolute rabbit hole in terms of the research of of what went on at the time. It's a huge responsibility, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I got really good advice from Dermot Bolger, actually, the great playwright and poet. Uh, And he actually, he's from Dublin, but he wrote an amazing play uh, called Walking the Road about Francis Ledwidge. Mm. And he said, whatever you do, don't put anyone's name in it. Okay. Because you, you, you can't particularise. Like you have to, the emotional, the emotion has to be particularised for it to be relatable. But the names don't have to be particularised, you know. And really, there is a responsibility because it has to feel true. The songs yeah. have to feel true. And there's where all your context comes in. I always say this about The Lord of the Rings. If anybody's a fan of The Lord of the Rings. Big fan of The Lord of okay. the Rings. Yeah. So Tolkien like spent decades mm. building this world. And this lore, yeah, yeah. This lore, the, the languages, the geography, everything. And then he collapsed it to put a story of some people on top, mm. you know. And all that stuff is just the, the ground that they kind of stand on. Yeah. Is all that is. But it's so powerful. Like in, in a way, your research is that too, you know. Yeah. I mean, you, you write songs about people. But uh, the, the context is so important because that's kind of what will make it feel true or not. That's such a good way of describing it, actually. And you mentioned Ledwidge and there is a nice connection to Ledwidge in this because you're, you're hoping to have him in yeah. the title of this collection. Yeah, well, they, they, well yeah. So I think, I think it will be called And All My Dream Companions Gone, which is a line from a poem by Francis Ledwidge called After Court Martial. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so th- there's a beautiful little uh, if anyone hasn't been you really should go there's a little beautiful little Ledwidge's cottages out there yeah uh, it's on the uh, way out between yeah. Slane and yeah uh, and um, it's it's well worth going out there it's 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 small but they've got a really rich uh, collection of, of stuff in there and even just to be in that cottage like learning about Frank's family and his younger brother and the mum and what they went through and the poverty that they lived in and yeah. how he tried to you know he worked for Drawn Independent for a little while and then eventually he, he, he became a published poet but only around the same time that he that he joined the army and uh, um, just standing in the cottage is really powerful yeah. you know Yeah and you know I often pass it and it's like one of those things where I go we must actually go yeah, in there one of the lovely, days yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. So in terms of the public what are you looking for from people what what how, yeah. how can people get in touch with you <clears throat> I mean there, there there's two kind of there's, there seems to be two kind of types of stories from the great war there's incredible these extraordinary stories that happened at the front mm-hmm. you know um and then there's the stories there's the stories of home as well yeah, uh, of which aren't really in the books most of the time you know yeah uh, as you say, people coming home trying to recover from their from uh, the trauma that they've had and how their families respond to that and how their neighbours respond and everything. But I found that th- those ones are probably better illustrated by people themselves. Who, mm-hmm. you know. So I set up an email address, which is just drahadawarstories at gmail.com. And people can email me or get in touch through social media or whatever. Uh, there's been a little call out um, already in a couple of the newspapers. Yeah. Uh, and I've already had a response from those, which is brilliant. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to use anybody's names in mm-hmm. the songs, um, but... Uh, it's going to really, though, add that magic, I think, to the songwriting process. Yeah. Because yeah. you need that personal thing. You really, really do. Now, you are going to perform something for us. Tell yeah. us talk, talk to me about this. What you're going to okay, perform. so this is a song called The Hard Wind. And in ways, uh, I was telling you about that, that incident where, I, where I, I was listening to that song on the radio and everything. But this is the song that came directly out of that. Mm-hmm. And this is a song we used to do at Kern. And... I got to do this song uh, all over Ireland and well also in the States and, and Canada and Germany and Scotland and everywhere else but uh, I was always amazed at the response people always had a response to this song they'd have a story uh, um, 
about someone in their family who had mm. been through the, you know. So this song, this song in a way, it kind of lays out, this was the start of this whole project. Yeah, okay. Okay, well in your own that? time, yeah, okay, take cool. it away, yeah. Okay, so it's called A Hard Wind. <clears throat> Your brother got the farm, so you took the boat and the hat and gun. And you left a note saying, Mammy, ever out to war our float on the hard wind. And you threw your lot in as a volunteer, joined up with the Royal Irish Fusiliers. Within an hour, you had a new career in the hard wind. And your new friends taught you all the English songs Nobody cared where you came from Cause you were brothers whether right or wrong In the hard wind France at the turning of the war's first year Was all muck and blood and the smell of fear The prayers, Lord Jesus get me out of here And the hard wind and you didn't get to Paris and you didn't meet girls And no one ran their fingers through your Irish curls And the wars of the poets was a different world to the hard wind And your new friends taught you all the English songs Nobody cared where you came from Cause you were brothers whether right or wrong in the hard wind Now your friends all went back to their families Mad or blind or cut off at the knees But you left more than that at Essigny in the hard wind Cause they made you march past the Lord Lieutenant's seat As your family turned away in shame along the street And an old man told you you'd been sold for meat in the hard wind Cause you took their money and you sang their songs And nobody cared where you came from Cause you were brothers, whether right or wrong In the hard wind In the hard wind In the hard wind In the hard wind Unreal. Every time I hear that, I've heard that so many times, but every time I hear it, it just resonates so much with me. It really does. I mean, you know, the some of the words there about, you know, girls will never run their fingers through your curls or, you know, coming home, uh, you know, you won't come home like your, your brothers. I mean, it's just, it sits in the gut. It really does sit in the gut. How do you know when it's a good song, yeah. if that makes sense? Is that a really weird question to uh, ask? No, not really, actually. It's a good question. I just don't know the answer. <laughs> no, you do, you develop, I suppose you develop a gut feeling or you develop a... Yeah. It takes a lot of time and work. And, yeah. You know. Yeah, because um, I mean, that's just so perfectly captured, even in the, the title of the song. Like, it's just... You know, did, did did that actually take long to write, or was it? No, that or? came pretty fast. Okay, like no no song arrives. It's funny. 
<laughs> I had this um, I had this conversation with Declan um, O'Rourke a little while back. Declan's a pal and obviously an incredible songwriter. Mm. And we were talking about those songs that arrive. Some songs arrive fully formed mm. and some songs take ages. And I said to him, do you think the ones that like arrive really quickly are better? And he said, no. He said, if you're if you're going to make a statue, he said, you wouldn't just hit the hit the marble, a wallop with the hammer and go, yeah. oh, that's grand yeah. and walk off. So. He said, it, "No, it, take, it takes craft to kind of." Um, it definitely does take craft, yeah. and that is we've we've just we've just witnessed it. Um, so, when do you hope? Like, I mean, is there is there a time limit on this? Are you setting a time limit? He's looking at me going, Here's "Don't mention a time limit." <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, I probably shouldn't say this out loud. I'd love to have something ready to present, maybe for November this year. Okay. Be the armistice. Okay, so maybe tow- towards the end of the, this year, early next year, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like, like there's two things, I suppose. I mean, the song cycle can be ready to present. We we're recording it too as an okay. album. Okay. Okay. Uh, but the song cycle itself could be ready to present before the album is ready to be released because yeah. there's that extra stuff that goes into the album to get that out. So, but um, yeah, it, it's it's a very live concern for me right now. Yeah. It's what I'm working on right now most every day like this is what's kind of what's consuming you absolutely yeah. and I've no doubt it's a, it's a really important work I really think it's very very important that we have these songs I mean who knows in generations and years to come people will be singing these you know so this is a real it's important I think as well for people to preserve this history but also you're kind of creating a new strand of history now and asking us to be involved in it I mean that's pretty incredible yeah and I think the nice thing about a song cycle is that it gives you the opportunity for balance yeah you know because yeah. something like this obviously has at times in our history been so unbelievably fraught because we have so much emotionally invested in this stuff as an, as a, as a nation, you know, yeah. we really do. Um, so, so the good thing about having 10 songs as opposed to one song is that you have that opportunity maybe for some balance and for some different perspectives to be included in it. Absolutely. Well, listen, I'm wishing you the best of luck. I've no doubt after the success of Port and your track record, it's going to be an incredible collection. It really is. Uh, Stevie, thank you so much for that beautiful song and for for, ch- for chatting to us in studio today. Thanks, Sinead. Thank you so much. If you want to be part of this, okay, draw it at warstories at gmail.com. That's the email. But you'll also find more information on sjmccardle.com. The 11 to 1 show. Always such a pleasure to have SJ McCardle in studio to perform. And if you, you know, if you haven't seen this man perform live, you just have to. You have to see him. He's just amazing. Check him out on Facebook as well. You'll have all his gig details and all the rest and also on sjmccardle.com. Stereophonics, have a nice day. I have music from Miley Cyrus on the way. But first, it's time for this. LMFM Job Search with thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport, and entertainment on LMFM.ie. Meath County Council require firefighters for retained firefighters, I should say, for Ashburn and Shockland, Kells, Navin, Knobber, Old Castle, and Trim fire stations. For more details, you can check out meath.ie forward slash jobs. Progressive Genetics Enfield require a courier to deliver uh, the, to cover the Leinster area. Experience in transportation and the handling of liquid nitrogen is favourable but not essential. Full training will be provided. You can email jobs at progressivegenetics.ie. Fiona Ferry Psychic Medium requires a personal assistant for the Dundalk area. Experience in diary management is essential. To apply, you can email your CV to fionaferry at gmail.com. So that's Fiona and then the fairy is F-A-E-R-Y at gmail.com. Don't forget all the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. 
LMFM Job Search. Miley Cyrus used to be young. Now, the Dublin International Film Festival is coming to Meath this Thursday. All the details of that on the way. There is so much on offer at Dublin International Film Festival. I was in Dublin last night. I was privileged enough to be at the premiere of a fantastic movie that I'm really hoping will make its way into cinemas. It's called Swing Bout. Little local connection to that is that our own Baz Black, uh, actor, director, writer extraordinaire, is uh, featured in that film as well. But it, I'm hoping that it'll make it to the cinemas. But this is what happens, unfortunately, in this country with independent cinema. It needs to be picked up from uh, by a distributor and there's a lot of stuff involved in that. Anyway, getting back to this, the festival itself though is coming to Meath on Thursday in Navin's Solstice Arts Centre and this year it's uh, with the support of the Department of Foreign Affairs and it's going to very much spotlight African cinema featuring seven diverse movies. So there's going to be uh, a real uh, wealth of, of, of talent involved in these. So we've got Mami Wata, uh, along with French film Tony, which uh, stars Camille Cotton, and really a season of curated international short films. So it's going to tour to venues outside of Dublin, which I love when festivals do that as well. So it means that people, you know, just outside the capital can enjoy this. So it's coming to Solstice Arts Centre in Navin. Uh, so the short films will screen at 3pm. Then the film Tony will going to be is going to be at 5 p.m. and then the last movie there will be at 7:30 p.m. and all the details you can find them on the Solstice Art Centre website. There's the Water Boys, Fisherman's Blues. They started off with their very first production. Uh, it was a Lennox Robinson's uh, Robinson's drama at Inish, and they brought it to the stage in the Withworth Hall in the spring of 1949. Imagine. And they're still going strong. It's the St. Bridget's Drama Group in Drada. They're celebrating their 75th anniversary this week. So from tonight, right up until Saturday, they are going to be performing Brian Friel's Lovers, Winners and Losers in Drahid Arts Centre. They are a phenomenally talented group. If you've not seen them perform, this is your chance. And uh, the best of luck to them. They won't need any luck, though, because they're well, well used to treading the boards at this stage with 75 years on the stage. But that is an incredible achievement. And Wishing them all the very best of luck. That is our lot of the show for today. Tomorrow, Grace Tierney, our wonderful Grace Tierney, will be back with wacky word foolery first. That's coming up on tomorrow's show. But thank you so much for your company today. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll chat to you again tomorrow. Listen back to the 11 to 1 show podcast on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app. 